Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The message titled today is David and Bathsheba. So if you have your Bibles, let's uh, open them up to 2 Samuel 11. Let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, And it happened in the spring of the year, at the time when the kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, and David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and, uh, said, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, and, for she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and so she sent and told David, and, and said, I am with child. Well, uh, you know, those of you who've been here with us know that David's whole life, he's loved God, and he's been seeking God. In fact, the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. So if David loves God, how did he end up having an adulterous affair with Bathsheba, right? Well, that's what we want to look at today. How did David allow this to happen? And I think it's important for us to note that no matter how long you've been a Christian, uh, or however mature you think you are as a believer, that it happened to David, right? And for me, when I read this, I think, well, it could happen to anybody, right? And so uh, we want to look at why it happened in his life so that we can avoid making some of the same mistakes that he did. So the first thing we want to look at that stands out to me is David ceased to be about the Lord's business. He stopped doing what God had called him to do. In verse 1, when it says, David remained at Jerusalem, uh, you know, that saying, idle hands and idle minds uh, are the devil's playground, right? I mean, and, and really for 13 years, David now has experienced victory over his enemy. David is in his mid-50s. Uh, it's a time of peace and prosperity. Things are going well, and uh, he's in his comfort zone, right? Everything is going well, and he's prosperous. And I think that's, you know, one of the things here is that David was a gifted warrior, a gifted commander, and remember, he killed Goliath, and, uh, you know, as, as the king, his job was to lead the army. And so now David isn't going out and doing what he's supposed to be doing, leading the army. And so uh, David excuses himself from the battle and says, I'm going to take a break, right? Uh, I'm going to take a break from, you know, the ministry that God called him to do. And I think one of the lessons here is that, that we're all in battle, and you can't take a break, right? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In other words, that we're in a spiritual battle, and in this world there's a battle, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, for the souls of people. And all of us, whenever we think, hey, I can just, you know, stop doing whatever, 
uh, the Lord has me to do. Uh, as long as you live in this world, there's a battle. Whether you acknowledge it or not, there is a constant battle going on, and uh, there's no time or place or age where you can check out. Uh, but you think that, oh, when you get older, you're more mature, and, and, uh, but there's no time to check out of the battle. And you know, perhaps David was thinking, you know, been there, done that, I've paid my dues, I know what's going on, and I don't want to be, in those be involved in those battles. I want to just take it easy. Uh, I want to just, you know, sort of check out for a while. But the reality is, is that all of us need to be aware that the enemy wants to ruin your life, right? And it doesn't matter how old you are. And as you look around society, he, he's, he's doing it, right, in people's lives. And, but God loves you, and he doesn't want you to give in to those things that will ruin your life. Number two is that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. In number, uh, verse two, it says, then it happened one evening that David arose uh, from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. If David would have been out with his army, which was his job to command them, he wouldn't have been home on the roof, right? Serving the Lord can keep you out of places that you shouldn't be, right? That's so important to understand. And God gives us, you know, the ability to make our choices of what we want to do. And when you are doing what God wants you to do, you're more often going to be in the right places. Uh, and when you're about the Lord's business, then you're less likely to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know how I didn't understand this, right? Hanging out with bad people corrupts good people, right? The Bible says that. Bad company corrupts good character. So for me, I, I just didn't understand that for a long time. And, uh, and as a result, you know, it caused me a lot of grief. But the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that mean? It means when you're walking in the Spirit, right, doing the things that God has called you to do at home, at work, at church, praying, reading the Bible, worshiping, all those things. The next thing is, the Bible tells us, as it relates to temptation, we need to be guarding what we put in our eyes. We need to be careful of what we put before our eyes. David is not careful about what he puts before his eyes. In Romans 13, 14, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust, right? I mean, David sees Bathsheba, right? He should have said, whoa, I shouldn't be looking that and turned away. In verse two, it says, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. Now, all of you, boys and girls, understand the biology of humans. You can't control everything, right, that comes in front of your eyes, but you can choose to turn away, look away from something that you, you recognize, hey, I should not be taking a, a look at this, right? And, and David chooses to take a second look. The first look is temptation. Temptation is not sin. You know, seeing something that you know is wrong, looking at it, woo, having that feel of, oh, I want that. But the second look, that involves wanting to engage in that sin. And the Bible tells us that there's a progression in this thing. It's not like it just happens and we have no power over it. In James 1.13, it says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So first of all, God doesn't tempt you, right? Well, why are we tempted? Well, here it is in verse 14. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire and enticed. So you need to note that. When you want to do something that's tempting you, give in to something you know is sinful and wrong, it is your own desire. The Bible says flesh and the spirit inside of us, right? It's not God. It's not your wife's fault, your husband's fault, your parents' fault. It's you, right? And th then he says in verse 15, then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, what is it saying? 
everyone is tempted, but temptation doesn't have to progress to sin, right? You can be tempted and then realize, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't do that. Look away, right? But conception requires two things, and that is the temptation and then my will. And when you combine those two to do it, then that's sin. And if I refuse to unite, you know, with the temptation, then there's no conception, right? And, and so uh, if I choose to say, I'm going to look away, well, then that shuts it down. And, and the Bible says that we're to take our thoughts captive. And so when a thought comes into your mind about some sort of relationship, and even as I was studying this this week, there are just temptations everywhere. And the Bible tells us we need to learn how to control our thoughts, right? If, if you're somewhere at school or at work and, and somebody's flirting with you and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you should stop this, then you have a choice right at that time to shut it down right then. And it is easier to shut it down right then than to wait and let it go and say, oh, we'll see how far this goes, right? Oh, I'll take a second look. We'll spend a little time together. We'll have lunch together, whatever it is. Uh, And then your mind starts thinking, hey, how can we make this happen, right? And that is when temptation and your will come together equals sin. And, And sin is conceived in our heart before it happens in the physical realm, right? But David Uh, the glance turned into a gaze and then it turned into a plan and then it turned into sin. And so we all need to understand that progression. And it's important that we protect our eyes because that's the easiest place to shut it off. Because for all of us, you know, there, if we let it get going, right, it, it's hard to stop. And, and our, the Bible says our eyes are a gateway into our lives. And Jesus said that we should deal harshly with temptation. As I read the Bible and learn what God's plan is for our lives, there are a lot of things that will destroy your life. And, and temptation is the step that gets you to where you will get involved in it and it'll ruin your life. Now, Jesus said, because he understands these things, he tells us in Matthew 5, 27, Jesus said, you've heard that it was said of old, you shall not commit adultery. That's what David did. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He's saying, look, look, starts starts in your heart. And here's what he says. What do you do about that? If you're looking and you're lusting, he says in verse 29, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable uh, that one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. Now, what is he saying? He's not saying take a fork and poke your eye out, right? Because then you'd lust with the other eye, right? You're like, well, poke that one out too. Well, then, then you would figure out some other way. But what he's saying is, is that you need to take drastic measures to cut it off. Now, what does that mean? Well, if it's a computer or your phone that's causing problems, then you need to get rid of it, cut it off, whatever it is. He's saying you need to take whatever drastic measure, whatever sacrifices are necessary to make sure that you don't allow that to ruin your life. Uh, In Romans 13, 14, when it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust, I mean, what he's saying is, don't make opportunity to do those sort of things, right? And, And, you know, all of us would recognize if you're an alcoholic and your friends invite you to go to the bar after church and, and say, oh, you could just drink a Coke and eat the peanuts. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the bar just to eat the peanuts, right? Don't do it. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just like inviting problems. I, I love the illustration of the Coke machine. Uh, you could be standing in front of a Coke machine with four quarters, and when you put the first quarter in, you're still in control of whether you're going to get a Coke or not, right? I mean, you can hit the change return, your quarter comes back. Uh, and, and, you know, even when you put the second quarter in, you're still in control, right? You can hit the return, get your money back. And when you put the third quarter in, uh, you know, you can still hit the change return and get your quarter back, but as you stand there with the fourth quarter, 
this is not a good place to be, right? Because once you put the fourth quarter in, sounds are going to happen. Chink, you hear the money go down. Some clunking happens as the mechanical parts of the machine dispense the coke. And from that point, once you put the fourth quarter in, that's a point where your flesh takes over and you cannot turn back. It's the point of no return. And everyone needs to recognize there is a point of no return as it relates to temptation. And the practical application is you never want to find yourself standing in front of the Coke machine with a fourth quarter in your hand. Right? Never. Right? You just don't want to do it. Why? Because bad things are going to happen. And and God has given us a mind to think and, and the Holy Spirit convicts us. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you